Hi, I'm Sandra. This is a show of conversations about motherhood, parenting, and all the good stuff we call life. Follow me as I spread mommy joy and share my stories. This is a different kind of mommy. Welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Sims, and thank you for tuning in to A Different Kind of Mommy. I'm here with my guest today, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thank you for joining us today. How's your day? Uh, moving along. Moving along? Moving along. You know, I have issues, but I okay. elaborate on that right this second. So we're going to talk about <laughs> some of those issues. <laughs> Before we get into today's topic, which is postpartum depression, I just want to kind of explicitly tell folks that this is a very serious topic and we know a lot of mommies suffer and struggle with this and we are not doctors or health professionals. We are just giving you our experiences. We're giving you real life examples of what has happened. And we're also giving you some tips and advice on what has helped us through this difficult situation. Also, I would like to mention if you feel like you're someone who struggles with postpartum depression, please seek help, seek family members, medical professions, talk to your friends, talk to people at trust at church. There's a lot of hotlines that can help. Please reach out for help because this is a serious condition and you deserve to be heard. So before we move into today's topic, let's talk about the little bit of the light stuff that's happened. How's your week? What's been happening? I feel like I haven't seen you face to face in a bit. Right, it's been a long time, right? Yeah. What's been happening in your life? So I'm a vegetarian for anybody out there that has a vegetarian life. Well, this weekend, a friend of mine, we had Mexi night and she knows that. Mexi? Yeah. What's Mexi? Mexican food. Mm, That's what she called it. My favorite. So good. Okay. So she made what I thought was very vegetarian beans. But turns out there was some little pieces of meat in it. Oh, that okay. I thought was. And they cook their meats. They also cook their beans with lard too. Uh, I believe. Yeah. yeah so it's definitely oh not vegetarian at all. It was not all. vegetarian. I'm thinking it's like Amy's or something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah let's come up there. Yeah. So. So you ate a shitload. It took. Yeah, I went all the way left. Come quick Monday. No? Oh, so it took a while. Yeah. But so when did you realize it had meat in it after you were yamming it down? After I had completed the meal. Woo! But that I shit had, tastes good. I bet it, you ate that shit. <laughs> on the way down, it was delicious. And yeah, all the way left, I'm telling you, and that it was horrible. Uh, and I so she wound up taking off of work on Monday. Really? Yeah. Because you were, you were messed up. It felt like I was about to deliver a baby. So wait a minute. Your friend <laughs> didn't even tell you, hey, there's meat in there? Okay. Or it just like slipped her mind? Some people don't realize what's vegetarian and what's not Yes, because vegetarian. it's, yes, I agree. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, if she had literal chunks in there. There's like little pieces of meat. And what you thought that was? Faux meat? I thought that it was like mushrooms or something. Because okay. she's always very like, she always asked me, you know, I know you can't eat this. And she's considerate. Right. You know. Right. But the understanding isn't quite there. Okay. There's a disconnect. Like she thinks that if you eat seafood that you're not really um, vegetarian. Vegetarian, yeah, you're, yeah. I don't yeah. eat So So di- I feel like in this day and age, there are different classifications of vegetarians and vegans and meat eaters and pescatarians and all yes. this 
all this kind of dietary restriction. So it's easy for someone to confuse it, especially when that's not their life. And that's why I'm not holding it against her, but I'm just telling you. But now you messed up. I feel like, and it's Wednesday, right? Today is, yeah, Wednesday. So you're still recovering. Yeah, I took off on Monday. Tuesday, I could barely walk. I was tiptoeing to work, and I still tried to look professional. Mm. Uh, Wednesday, I couldn't fit in any of my nice clothes that I wear to work, so I literally look like I've been outside like all day and... Not to mention the hair. Whatever. So when when do you feel like you're gonna seek medical attention if I, this doesn't get better? No, I was like I was okay. So I'm off tomorrow. Okay. And if it doesn't clear up by tomorrow morning, then I have a dentist know. appointment in the morning, and then I'm gonna go to the doctor. Yeah, good. Good. They have to see with this this uh whatever this, this is life in my is, stomach because yeah. I feel like I'm carrying wow. an okay. eight month old baby on my torso. Well. I hope that you get some relief and feel better. Maybe you need like some kind of enema or something. I don't Girl, know. Girl, something. I tried everything. And I mean everything. Okay. Trust and believe. Well, let's start today's topic. Nicole, why don't you give us a little introduction? Who are you? Tell us a little bit about your family, your okay. children, and then we'll get right on to it. Okay, so I'm one of those late mothers. Um, What's a late mother? Meaning that... I didn't get pregnant with my son until I was 33. So older mom of the older, older mom. mom. Okay, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a late mom too. Okay, yay. Yeah. Yay late moms. Yay late moms. So what happened with my husband and I is I was told that I couldn't have children. I'm sorry. I'm Nicole. My husband is Chad. I have two sons, Cole and Carter. How long have you been married? We've been married going on 12 years. Nice. Yeah, nice. going on twelve years, Perfect. and we will be together for twenty-one years. It's coming July. Okay. So we were together for a long time before we decided to get married, and okay. that's a long story. Okay. And it involved me not knowing if I could get pregnant or not. Okay. How old are your children? Uh, Cole is eleven, and Carter's eight. Okay, so you have some big kids, and yeah. your boy mom. I'm a boy mom. Nice. I wanted a girl so bad. But yeah. yeah just wasn't in cards. Okay, okay. So let's jump right into postpartum depression. I have not had postpartum depression. Not to be confused with there have there were times during my pregnancy that I felt like I was depressed. Right, right. Um and there were definitely times after my pregnancy where I felt like I was depressed and more of my situation, right? Like me being a single mom, having to raise this kid by myself, mm-hmm. not knowing what the hell life is going to be like right. for us, and just my situation and my instance of what I was in. And then there were times where I definitely felt like I was depressed, but I wouldn't classify it, and no one clinically classified it to me as postpartum depression. But you have had postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and I want to dive into a little bit about what that is, what that was for you, and how did it start. So take us to you during the time of... Now, did this postpartum depression happen with your first child or your second child? First child. First child. Yeah. Okay. So take us to the point of when you got, when you got pregnant mm-hmm. to when you delivered, okay. and then what life was like around that this is a lot of information so i'm gonna just try to get through it yeah. all okay, and so. there might be some tears and it might be some heartaches and we might have to pause if you don't say tears i'm not gonna cry <laughs> and if you it's don't like make me cry there might not be some tears <laughs> i think i'm okay okay so i guess going into the whole pregnancy thing nobody really tells you enough information 
And I'm saying like Agreed. nobody, well, nobody really told me a lot of information. I feel like my mother could have stepped forward and told me some things, or maybe even my mother-in-law could have. And said so when you say tell you some things, you mean about pregnancy, what to expect, what to expect before, you know, after, before, yeah. after, during. Right. You know, these are some of the things that I've experienced. Just right. introduce me to some things. You know, tell me why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I think that's important, right? Because mm-hmm. we are both black women. Yes. And this is a really big topic for black women these days and age while i know many women all kinds of women get it Mm. all women get it it's really big in the black community and i don't think it's talked about it's not talked about just like therapy it's just like therapy like this this secret thing that people don't talk about but expect you to figure shit out yourself and then get better yourself behind needing therapy number one if you need therapy a week or if you need, or you're therapy, crazy. Yeah, they you're want crazy. me to go talk to a. I was told to talk to a pastor about it, and you know, like to, to exercise you, ex- exorcist you. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, relax. Okay, I'm like, that's so, not the case. <laughs> so you felt like your mom should have done more, right, to educate you. Is there anyone else that you felt like, I don't want to say put the blame on, but that could have helped you? Because oftentimes I feel like us as mothers mm-hmm. and sisters and circles and tribes, oh, that's nothing like. We should be able to talk about these things with each other, and right. clearly, you and probably feel, feel so like you didn't have it. I feel so comfortable t- talking about it now because no one spoke to me about it. Agreed. And my older sister, who has one son, my nephew, um, I don't know that she experienced it. We never talked about pregnancy. We're not very close at all. Um, my mother has her mental issues mm-hmm. uh, outside of pregnancy i don't think she would talk to me about being pregnant at all it was just i don't know it was my mother is a weird individual let me stop saying weird another another show (laughs) another show okay so okay so she didn't talk to you no we didn't talk about it um it wasn't until after my baby i felt like you know i'm trying to go back in my head like what triggered it Mm -hmm. And I remember having these long, drawn-out conversations with my brother, who was an alcoholic, mm. that had me so stressed out. Mm-hmm. And it had me stressed out to the level where my doctor told me that if I didn't stop talking to him, that I would have this child earlier than wow, I so he Wow, so it was a toxic relationship right, a that toxic you had with your brother. Okay. Um, he was dealing with his own demons, and he would have me on the phone for hours and hours just complaining and trying to, yeah, just doing things that alcohol you know does to you it's a sickness it's a disease and he was just like just beating me down with it and i'd never realized because i love him so much i try to take care of him that's my baby um i would talk to him and have these long conversations but i didn't acknowledge that you know this is really wearing on me emotionally right 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 so it was weighing heavy on you yeah and you had to come to a point where you said, okay, I need to step back right. because I'm feeling like For this is health. affecting me yeah. and things are happening with my body, with my mind, with my own health. Okay. I didn't know that that would actually right. So you didn't know what it was. It, but you but know, you when something I'm thinking was happening. back, I'm like, what happened? Right. You know, what went wrong? Okay. So you disconnect from your brother? Yes. Okay. I stopped talking to him altogether. I didn't talk to my brother until... My son was almost one years old. Okay. So you disconnect from your brother, Mm -hmm. your son is born, Mm -hmm. and you're just figuring out motherhood. Right. And take us through that. What did it feel like for you? I remember getting into an argument with my husband in the L&D, labor and delivery. 
Um, and all the nurses looked at me like, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? And I said, you know, I feel perfectly fine. And, you know, you know, I thought it was a perfectly normal argument mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, over chicken. <laughs> you took mm. my last piece of chicken. That might be normal. So, right. <laughs> right. I was hungry. I was like, how dare you take my last? So, anyway, um, my doctors will often look at me and say, you know, are you okay? Are you feeling comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know, um, they would give me the hotline numbers without saying that they've seen Really? Me. Yeah, they would say it to me without saying, so we're you, seeing signs. So, you need to tell you me are, you had a doctor really say, are you okay? Yeah. And kind of know something might possibly be up, but didn't say anything, but Not instead passed you like a brochure? What yeah. a disgrace. Yeah. Wow. Looking so back what, at that, I'm like, are you serious? Like, I would have said, you're showing signs of someone that, that has postpartum depression. Maybe you wow. should seek out therapy. Wow. Not a word. Gave me all the numbers and the pamphlets and stuff. I walk out and so a you, lot of stuff. You pay that no mind. You're like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I don't this know. Doesn't, I, I couldn't question it. I right. don't know. Okay. I felt normal. Okay. Um, but there came a time when I didn't feel like I had control over my own emotions. I mean, there was a time where I remember this day distinctly. I mean, I was sitting on the couch, and I had my son. I just put him down for a nap, and and my husband comes in, and he takes the baby out of the bassinet, and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to take my baby. Mm. That was my mind. That so was was, my he was, like, territorial. He's taking yeah. my baby. I was like, he's okay. taking my baby. Mm-hmm. What was going through my head? I have no idea. I picked up the phone. I called the police on my husband. Who was sitting three feet away from me wow. on another couch, cuddling with his son? You know, he had worked a full day. He comes home, and he wants to love on his baby. And and I remember thinking to myself, he's trying to take my baby. Right. And call the police on him. He's like, what are you doing? I remember my son looking at me with his big old deer-like eyes. He had these beautiful eyes. He looked at me, and he looked afraid, and that tore me up. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Baby's afraid of me. Wow. That is what makes me cry every time I think about his expression. It almost feels like you're looking at yourself, but outside of yourself. Right. So you're you're looking at this story play along, like a reenactment, and you're out of your body, and you're wondering... What is happening? What am I doing? It's this, like I had no control over No control. It. And it's like you're seeing yourself as my baby is scared for his life and my husband is trying to take my baby and I'm calling 911 to help. Yeah. And you don't know why you feel like this. You didn't get any signs and indications. It's just a feeling right. that came over you. I knew right then and there, I'm not myself. So that was your trigger. Yeah. This is not myself. I don't know what's happening. Take me to the time when the police come. Do they actually come to the house? They came to the house. Okay. Uh, by this point, in the climate that we live in, being black people, my husband quickly wrapped the baby back up, put the baby back in the bassinet, and he left because he's like, they're, they're going to come, come and shoot me in my house when all I wanted to do was love my son. Wow. Do you guys ever have a conversation during that time? No, he just wraps the baby and leave. Yeah, he felt as though... You know, you tell the police someone's trying to take your baby. They're there. Oh, yeah. Instant. Yeah. Instant. 
So he must have left in one fell swoop. It felt like he like one motion, put baby down, <laughs> get the hell off, pick up keys and left. <laughs> and I don't even remember when he came back. All I remember was talking to two officers online. I want to commend Chad, yeah. Chad, if he's listening <laughs> to this, because I don't think I'd have came back. Right. Yeah. You don't know what you're dealing with or who, what you're going to walk yeah. into. All he knows is my child is in there and my wife needs some help. So obviously. the police come, you explain to them what happened, and what do they do? They said, well, maybe you should, um, no, they asked me where he was and if he's going to be away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember much after that. I don't know exactly what happened because that wasn't the first time I called the police on him. It happened a few times. After? Yeah. Or before. Okay, so yeah. so you're having a pattern here. You're feeling out of yourself. Things are happening to you. You don't know what's happening. Right. Is it is it your husband that was the trigger for you? It's just things centered around the baby. Like something always happened around the baby. I felt like he was trying to take my child. So you always felt like that. Like every instinct when from something was happening from day one, yeah. you felt like... Chad when we're was having skin to skin time, he's like peeling out of his clothes because he wants skin to skin time right. with the baby. And I was like, oh my God, are you going to breastfeed my baby too? Really? Yeah. So, so you were feeling like <laughs> this man is trying to take my baby. Yeah. Like in all your moments of you trying to be a mother yeah. and learning everything new, which is also the same for your husband, right? right. This is he's also my baby, brand new, new, and I want to love my baby right. too. You're like, but I'm feeling like you're trying to take my kid. Take me to the point where now you feel like you recognize 100% that this is not Nicole. What do you do? When do you seek help? How do you seek help? Do you seek help? I did seek help. That's Um, good. I definitely knew that something wasn't right. I've actually been to therapy before I had the babies when my father passed away. What kind of therapy did you go to? It was, uh, I saw a uh, marriage family therapist at MFT and we just talked about uh, my family issues. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I was the only child between my mother and father, and I have half siblings on both sides. Um, so I definitely talked to her about my relationship with my father and things of this sort. So I knew, you know, there's help out there. There mm-hmm. are good therapists. So I was like, I need to see someone and talk to them about this because I don't know that I have it in me to make the best decision. Right. And I know that I need help. Even if I don't want it, I know I need it. Right. So I need to ask. So you didn't go to that specific therapist that you knew and no. knew you. Yeah, you I didn't just, go to her. You didn't go to, to her. her. I went to another therapist. Uh, at the When I used to go to her, it was completely different insurance. So I actually wound up going through uh, Kaiser Outpatient Psych. Okay. Uh, in downtown, well, is it downtown, downtown Oakland, Broadway. And I saw a therapist there who clinically diagnosed me with having postpartum depression. Was this a female therapist or a male, male doctor? Male okay. doctor. What kind of questions do they ask you to determine? They wanted to, to know whether or not I felt like I wanted to hurt the baby. Did you ever feel like you uh, wanted to hurt wanted your to baby? Hurt the baby? You just never. wanted to hurt your husband. I wanted to hurt my husband. Did you ever feel like you wanted to hurt yourself? I never wanted to hurt myself. Okay. What other questions did they ask you? Um, ask me what gives me the um, what are my feelings toward him mm-hmm. you know what have I done what about what type of uh, I guess interactions do we have with each other prior what's, to baby what's our relationship like mm-hmm. um, and I told him our relationship is really loving my husband is a family man he mm-hmm. came from a, a two-parent home 
where his parents were together up until his father passed away. Uh, very loving, and he's very uh, family-oriented. Um, my family is completely different from that. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I wasn't used to, oh. you know. So you answer these questions from your therapist. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel aggressive? Like, did you ever feel like, why is he asking me these questions? Or you really no. were submissive to the point where, I need help. I need and help. I need and I you to help me. Any and everybody that would give me, you know, time to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I need somebody to look from the outside, looking in, because it's easier for people looking yeah. from the outside in to tell you what's going on. I don't know why that is, mm -hmm. but I'm on the inside and I'm looking out and I'm like, help somebody. Right. He suggested that I go to a psychiatrist okay. and uh, who wanted to put me on a whole bunch of medication. Okay, so that's my next question, right? Yeah. So you, so he clinically diagnosed you with postpartum depression mm -hmm. and he, because my assumption is he cannot offer you medication. No. Right? He's not He's the type of doctor to, to offer you medication. You. So he recommends you to See go a to psychiatrist. a psychiatrist who mm -hmm. is licensed to give you medicine. Right. Do you go to the psychiatrist? I went to the appointment with the psychiatrist, and they suggested that I take um, <laughs> something called nortriptyline. And I was like, I'm completely against taking anything with the word tripping. Yeah, it sounds like a trip. Okay. Right. And, um, so how did the conversation or what was experience like with this psychiatrist he's now reviewing all over all the notes that the therapist the gave therapist him. gave him okay he's uh asking me how i felt about certain things asking what you're allergic to um and you're still okay to, with this visit yeah this visit's still, going good i guess trying to get an idea of what prescription would be best for me okay i never take any type of uh psychotic meds before, before. Mm -hmm. so now he says okay you're going to take this trippy medicine yeah did I, you I'm ever like, take no, it thank you. did yeah. you even ever f fill it no. So what made you say, I feel like I have a problem. I'm coming to you for help, but I don't want to take drugs. Did you tell him you don't want to take drugs? Or is it like, you know best, I look give at me the prescription? The I'm the type of person when you tell me to take a certain drug, I'm going to look at all the side effects, people that have taken the prescriptions before, were their experiences with it. You know, you read the reviews. What's mm -hmm. going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm not big on medication, number one. Okay. Number two, I never want to be outside of myself because it's honestly, I don't know what I would do if I'm not right. in my right mind. Right. And, and your mother. I don't want to mess around and hurt someone because, right. you know, you hear about people that are on Prozac that kill their entire family. Right. And I don't know if they want to kill their entire family, but who knows? I definitely yeah. don't want to be out of, you know, my mind to say, you know, I'm in my right mind right now saying I know what's good and I know what's bad. Even if it's not what I want to do, I know what I'm supposed to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so you don't fill the prescription. You don't no. take the prescription. No. And because I don't know much about this disease, take me through what's happening next. How do you get through these emotions and what's happening with you? Because my assumption is, is that you take this medicine and the medicine helps you cope with your feelings right. and helps you cope with the activities that's happening in your life so that they can coexist together mm -hmm. because you already know I'm having some issues but when you don't take this medicine then you're still clashing with these feelings and these activities right. so how do you help yourself or how do you still maintain the truth of I need help and not mm -hmm. take this medication I started talking about it I like that. Yeah. So you start talking about it. So you're starting to be vocal. Is this now, have you had this discussion now with Chad? Have you guys sat down and say, this is what I think I have. 
I'm sorry for what's happening yeah. with us. Tell me. Talk, talk to me to about him that. I'm telling him that I have the postpartum depression. Uh, I don't think that it helped that his family was a little intrusive in the way that they would. This is their first child, first grandchild. And uh, space was, you know, we didn't have a lot of space. You know, I had his father over there with a long lens paparazzi camera taking pictures of it. You know, I couldn't breastfeed. I never had produced milk because I was so stressed out because, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I never could produce milk and I felt guilty, mm -hmm. you know, that I couldn't feed my child mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because, you know, I was too stressed out to produce so milk. These, this postpartum was giving you additional problems, right. like additional things. A, a, a lot of things were just happening to you and all weighing down on you. Yeah. And your life was still happening, right? Like you still was not producing milk. Where was baby? What was happening with baby all this time? He was happy. He was happy but with Chad. I would honestly feel, and again, this is something that's only in my head. I was like, he doesn't like me. Mm, and mm. by this time, I'm on the way back to work. Mm. I've spent my entire time. Maternity leave. My maternity leave's over. I'm back at work, and his first day is at daycare. And throughout the entire time, I would hear all these stories about how the daycare uh, provider, he's so sweet and loving to her, and he loves her so much. And I was like, oh, I don't think he likes me. Right, so now, like, me. somebody else is his mommy, yeah. and he doesn't love me. You can't replace his mother. You're right. never going to love him the way I loved him. So again, I feel like someone's trying to take my child mm -hmm. away. And now it's the daycare provider. Right. And I always feel like somebody's trying to take my child away. So I start talking about it, you know, telling people this is what I'm experiencing. This mm -hmm. is what I'm going through. And I started spending way more time with him. Good. You know, loving Good. him. Just talking to him. Like he's just a, a, a an adult like yeah. he was talking to um i didn't use baby talk i'm like just laying it yeah, living out. in the moment talking to him yeah. did you ever feel through all this that you were going through that you wanted to hurt him never never good so you never had those never. feelings it was just more of someone was trying to take my baby so you started talking and being vocal more when did you really start feeling like the weight was starting to lift off your shoulders it had to be like Almost two years after I had him. So you feel... I'm still struggling with these same emotions and everything. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Do you feel like you're struggling with those emotions right now? Every now and again, I'm reminded. You're reminded of them. This is what happened. And okay. this is uh, a wedge that was between our relationship. I felt like we had a struggle with mm -hmm. our relationship and building it and getting to where it is right now. I love him with all my yeah. heart and... Yeah, do you ever go back to... Did you ever go back to the therapist and the psychiatrist to do routine checkups or yeah. chats so you basically helped yourself and you helped yourself because you didn't want to use those drugs mm -hmm. and not everybody has that ability right because you know people who go on those drugs or you know people who don't go on those drugs and still continuously feel this way right. so for for you what really really helped was talking about it where are you in your life with talking about it now? Are you like a postpartum depression advocate? Do you feel like this is, be. we could, we all need not. to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's a subject that, like we talked about earlier, it's a sore subject that not many people talk about or share. Yeah. I think we should definitely. What advice do you give women out there who may be struggling, who right now don't have anybody to talk to, they aren't in the 
mind frame in a position of comfortableness to talk about it. Um, besides the normal get some help, like really seek some right. help. That's the first thing they say is get some help. But sometimes There's that's easier a, said than done. It is. Sometimes it's easy to say call a hotline. I just thought about, you know, when I called the that hotline, girl, I called the suicide hotline. I didn't want to commit suicide. I wanted to kill a person. I wanted to kill my husband. Yeah. That's you know, a different. That's a different hold. hotline. They oh, girl. <laughs> they put me on hold. This is girl. not even funny. You have no idea. Why it's not funny <laughs> is because your husband has no like, idea. He had no know? idea. He was sleeping peacefully. Like, yeah, he would have been and, peacefully sleeping. All right. I had designs on taking him out, and I have to hand it to having friends that are close to you. Yeah. Uh, my friend that we're going this weekend, she stayed on the phone with me. And that's people, I think, I cannot express to you, even if you're not depressed, how important it is to really have people and friends by your side. And I think that, let's be clear, there's there's, there's different types of friends that we have in our lives and in our circles, right? And we have them for different reasons, different seasons, you know, how we go, how it goes. But I really think it says a lot to have those core people by your That's side true. when you really need someone. And, and, and I relate to this, right? Because I felt like through my whole pregnancy, I was alone. I feel like in my whole pregnancy, I, I struggled a lot with loneliness. Mm-hmm. And I struggled and, I, and it hurt me because... I have a lot of friends and during my nine months or well you know I didn't last the full nine months <laughs> being pregnant but during my like seven months uh, of being pregnant I felt like no one was around mm-hmm. I felt like it was constant friend disappointment I felt like no one said hey Sandra I'm gonna come over Hey, Sandra, do you need water? Hey, Sandra, do you want to go to lunch? Not one friend ever said, come on, let's go do something. Mm -hmm. And I was really struggling with being pregnant and alone. And it really says a lot to me where I felt like, man, I thought these people, certain groups of people, I thought people were my friend. And I didn't know where they were. And so for me, I was depressed about that. And I didn't, I think you have those friends that it's like, yeah, call me if you need me. I'm there if you need me. No, it's like when I'm going through shit, I'm not going to tell you I need you, but I need you to be that friend to know that I to need you. And, and even more than reach out, right? Like yeah. ding dong, I'm here. <laughs> or like I'm on the curb, I'm right. here. You know, yeah. like I, I wanted more. So my advice is, is if you know you have a friend that's going through issues, be there for your friend. Ask those questions. Be that shoulder to lean on. Be that pillar. Be that rock. And be that even when you think that that person doesn't need it. Right. Because 90% of the time, that person needs it. And won't ask you. Won't ask you. (laughs) Embarrassed to ask you. Don't want to be bothered. But need you. Yeah. And so, of course, I wasn't struggling with postpartum depression, but I understood what it 
was to feel like you wanted somebody there and and to take it back to you're happy you had close friends Mm -hmm. to talk about it with yeah and i'm happy you did too a close friend a close friend Uh. 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 And so what's your friend's name? Nina. Nina. Shout out yes. to Nina who will be in Carmine this weekend, Nina. <laughs> Thank you for being yeah. that friend. Yes, yeah, she, yeah. she's like, she's the friend of the week. Let's give her that. Shout yes. out, Nina. Yeah, clap, 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 Nina. I mean, she was on the phone with me until sunup that night. Okay. They put me on hold and one person hung up on me. Mm-hmm. So now sorry. all you people working at the suicide no, hotline, right. I need you to be better trained. And understand your audience because you could have been the reason for Chad's death. Yeah, it could happen to anybody. Yeah, it can happen to anyone. And and you know, I'm 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 kidding there. I'm making you know making jokes and but making light of it. But something seriously could could have happened. Serious situation, and you know, I could be having this interview behind bars. Right, right. And and without your kid, without your husband, without my babies. So fast forward to me and when, and tell me, when do you really feel like you're fully healed? Does that, um, does that I happen? I don't know that I ever feel fully healed. Like even right now, I feel like, you know, there was so much time spent on me feeling like this, that there's so much time that I feel like I missed. Yes. Yes. You know, things that I could have been doing, yes. like loving him and teaching yes. him different things. I'm like, but I will say yeah. that he's a lucky boy. Right. Because he could have been in the system. He could have been with family that didn't give a hell. Right. He could have been with people who didn't love him. You could have had you. You you could have not had that support system. Your husband could have definitely left the picture. Right. Yeah. So he is a that really, a yeah, he's a really lucky boy. I a good one. You know, my and husband's a really good father. Really good yes. Father. Good. Good for Chad. Like yeah. I really commend Chad for sticking it through. Not a lot of men would have done that. Like, and oh, she's bad shit crazy or whatever, <laughs> you know, and just like leave whatever. Am I like sweating? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so your advice is to talk about it. Seek help. Seek help. Reach out. I would suggest going to some of those, um, those groups there's a lot of peer groups and Mm -hmm. uh, groups where you can talk to other mothers that are in similar situations um that's my advice and what probably worked best for me i'm talking to people that that had no knowledge of of anything what do you say to the reverse side like the flip side like the friend who or the person that that person comes to and doesn't necessarily say look i have postpartum depression but what do you say to that friend to keep awareness of what are maybe some signs or what to look for or how to get that person to talk or how to get some help there? What would you have, what would you have wanted in a friend? Um, what should they look out for? I would say always know yourself, know who you are inside and when you're not feeling like yourself or when you're feeling a complete disconnect um, emotionally mentally and nothing seems to be quite right I would question it Uh, several times I had doctors come to me and and ask me if I was okay I went and well several times the first time was you know on our first well check um, the second time was after we determined that I wasn't producing enough milk and I went to a nursing uh, 
class mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she looked at me and like are you okay you know mm -hmm. I realized that you are not producing enough milk to, mm -hmm, to nourish your mm -hmm. baby but mentally are you in the place where you're okay with that because your child is going to get nourished mm -hmm. it's going to be nourished but you're going to be able to to feed your baby mm -hmm. granted it's not your milk but you're still feeding your child yeah. so I know mentally that's something I struggled with um if you see signs or people are asking you if you're okay that means that normally you're not okay right. you're showing signs that you're it's, not quite there and it's interesting that you say that right because when i had my daughter every post exam every checkup mm -hmm. my nurse practitioner was really really good about asking me are you okay and i think it was <clears throat> a lot of she knew my my situation as mm -hmm. well like she knew my my condition and what was happening to me and um she constantly asked me are you okay mm -hmm. do you are you feeling any any way are you i apologize <laughs> that is my daughter calling me um but she constantly asked me and and, and at times i would say my God, like how many times she gonna ask me? Like, I'm good, right. I'm good, I'm good. But I appreciated it, right? Because it's like somebody cares and somebody asks and my nurse practitioner asks and my OBGYN asks and I would get those little surveys, those questions oh, yeah. before my visits. And I would be like, so over answering this question, no. But I felt, even when I was not feeling even when I was feeling depressed, I felt comfortable enough to know that at one of those times, I would have said something yeah. because at least someone was asking. So it's great that I do appreciate, while it was kind of annoying me then, I do <laughs> really, really appreciate and I love the fact that they ask. So yeah. ask a million times if it's going to get... Whatever you need to do. You need to do, yeah. Yeah. So... Fast forward after baby one, baby. how was it with baby two? Completely different. So you recognize, like, did you ever even dabble in the area of feeling possibly depressed? Not at all. Good. Day one, I felt completely relieved. This was my baby. And, and it's only together. two years later, right? Two, three years three, later. Three, three years, years later. later. Um, we're sleeping together, snug as a bug. I think they tied him to me. I smelled chicken. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh-uh. <laughs> Okay. They tied him to me. We slept together the first night. He was so it was good. Yeah, my good. Love. So, so baby two comes and mm -hmm. you're you're perfect now. Yeah. Yeah. And that so was all really funny. Good. This whole little situation after that was like I'm laughing. I was like I'm a different person. I feel different. Good. Spiritually, I feel like a different person. My husband looked at me and he said, "I can tell you're different." Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm wondering if there was a different type of drug that was offered to you. Mm. Would it be something that you'd possibly take? They tried three different drugs. Oh. There was the nortriptyline, mm -hmm. and then they tried to give me time-release Prozac, and then they tried to give me Klonopin. And wow. uh, No, no, and no. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, good, good. I'm not big on drugs. Good. I like that. Period. Good. So we are here today, 11 years later, 
Yeah. No postpartum depression. You might have some other issues yeah, happening. Have some other issues. But no postpartum depression. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful, Chad. Be careful. She has tasted blood. <laughs> uh, he is silly. Good, good. Yeah. So anything else you want to mention about postpartum depression? Anything else that you felt like was key in your life and you just want to share? Just um I don't know that I already said this. Stay grounded in who you are. Know who you are. And notice when things aren't right with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes we don't always want to hear or do exactly what we need to do. But you know yourself you know better yourself. than anybody else. Yeah. I like that. Good. So that wraps up our postpartum depression podcast. But before we close... Let's close on a fun note. So I'm going to ask you two questions unrelated to this topic. And let's see how you do. I'm curious to know what they are. I hope it has nothing to do with. No, it's it's nothing big. It's nothing. When is the last time you had sex with Chad? Saturday. Nice. Yeah. How do you keep the spice in the relationship with your husband? Ain't nothing spicy about that. It's nothing spicy about that relationship. (laughs) He wakes up every morning at four o'clock in the morning, and I normally don't deal with him. But yeah, I I apologize. It's my kid. um, A woman's cycle, Mm. and two weeks after your cycle, you go through. Uh, a period where you're attracted to men. You want them to be attracted to you. Yeah. And it's all in an effort to fertilize your brand new spanking new energy. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with, you know, it's just the time. You know, your body wants to fertilize that egg. So, um, what do we call that again? When you're ovulating. Ovulating. Thank uh-huh. you. Ovulating. Yeah. Um, so, I was going through a whole ovulation, you know. Yeah. I was like, well, all right, let's go. I normally say no. Oh, go- oh, Chad, buddy. There we go. But Good. Yeah, that was about it. So, yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing your really sto- your really great stories. I'm so appreciative of your transparency we shared some tears there some good information again just to remind folks we are not doctors we We are are not not. this is just my experience just your experiences and just some things that help nicole and could possibly help you so again if you do feel like you're struggling with postpartum depression or know someone who is possibly struggling with postpartum depression please seek help find someone to talk to and definitely do not feel like you're the only one that this alone. is happening Trust to. Trust and believe. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. So thank you again for tuning in to A Different Kind of Mommy. And we're out. Yeah. Bye. Bye.